This episode is supported by Seedlip, the world's first distilled non-alcoholic spirit. Crafted without alcohol, sugar, or calories, Seedlip spirit solved the dilemma of what to drink when you're not drinking, whether it's for the night, the month, or forever. Because as a non-drinker, it never feels great when your only options are water, soda, or sugary mocktails. So now you can skip the booze without feeling left out when it comes to your social life. So whether you prefer punchy citrus flavors, aromatic spices, or savory herbs, Seedlip offers a drink for every type of drinker. It's crafted using a bespoke process, including traditional copper distillation and botanicals. And each of Seedlip's three variants, which are Spice 94, Garden 108, and Grove 42, are alcohol-free and have their own unique flavors, which pair so perfectly with just a splash of tonic. They can also be used to make more complex cocktails, like the ones that you'll find in the Seedlip cocktail book or on their Instagram account at Seedlip underscore NA. So head on over to SeedlipDrinks.com or .ca and use the promo code ThisFamilyTree10 for 10% off your favorite non-alcoholic spirit. Again, that is SeedLipDrinks.com and ThisFamilyTree10. But Alex. Yeah, Shane. Let's begin this episode. Let's do it. Hello, everyone. I'm Alex and I'm here with my husband, Shane. The babies are in bed, the cat is in her room, and we are so glad that you could join us for happy hour on This Family Tree Podcast, episode 114. And who is our guest today? We've got a great one. As per the usual, we have Natalie Dussam, who I have, I'm going to say it, I've become friends with. We've only met up in person once and it was a great time. But she is the owner of Poppy and Peonies, where I get all my bags, my vegan leather goods nowadays. They're amazing. But uh, she has a great story, such a great story. She used to be the head designer for Aldo, which if you are Canadian, you absolutely know about them. They sell shoes and accessories. So we talk advice to women in business, her business story, how she found success through every dedication, risk, failure. Plus, we talk love. She is married to her high school sweetheart from like, I'm going to butcher the town's name, but small town, Ontario. Are they still in love? They're married. They got kid. They got kid. I just realized I said they got kid. I know for sure they have one kid. I don't know if they have two or not. Are they still in love? Yes. Yes, and that's what we get into. We get into love, we get into love and business, and we get into family life and business. And it, it's such a great talk. And the entire time we were talking, by the way, she is doing it from her porch in Mexico, where she's currently living. Wow. Are you still in love? I- <laughs> yeah, I am. Are you? I thought so. What then, do you mean you thought so? I don't know. So, so, for some reason, these podcast days are a little... Uh, I'm never feeling the love. And we're even doing this on a Sunday. Normally, we do it on a Saturday. But yesterday, we had a great night. We were feeling so tired. We had a great night. And we didn't feel as guilty for not recording the podcast because in this next two-week time period, space and time doesn't matter. This is the holidays Mm -hmm. in Canada. I think in the States, too. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) everywhere if you're Christian. So it doesn't feel as like a big deal to miss a day of the podcast. So today's Sunday, but it feels like... Kind of feels like a Saturday. Well, yesterday felt like a Friday because we were working a lot. You know, it, it was a busy day. We were running around. But you and I had a great night. We chose not to podcast. And then the second we decided not to, we fired up the old absinthe bottle. Yeah, we, we got into absinthe, which is – I always thought when I was a kid, absinthe meant you're going to go delusion, not delusional. <laughs> you're going to see – what's that called? See things. Oh, psychedelic – not delusional. What's the no, word? No, my brain's broken. Wait, it's um hallucinate. Yeah, <laughs> but it's really just a chill drink. We it's felt beautiful. good, and the hope was today we're going to have more energy than we did yesterday. And I'd say it's comparable. <laughs> it is. It is. You know what? Last night was honestly it was so beautiful. And Shane's right about absinthe, guys. If you have never had it, 
it's pricey. Like you splurge on a bottle, but it is such a nice drink and it's a really good uh, digestive if you have it after dinner because um, it's made with anise, right? Like the licorice favorite, like fennel. I don't know anything, but yeah. My tongue isn't working. My brain's not working, but you guys know what I mean. Anyway, it's a really nice drink. We had a few of those. Then we got in the whiskey and eggnog. It was just a nice night. Well, now you're making it seem like we just, no wonder we don't feel so good. <laughs> no, no. It's that we didn't actually have that much to drink. But um, it was just, you know, we we had different cocktails. But yeah, on days after we drink, I like to have a day where I don't drink. Oh my God, Which yeah. is convenient because we are drinking Seedlip right now. What do we have here? All right, well, I couldn't get off the nog because it is the Christmas season. So we're doing Seedlip's non-alcoholic spice 94 and some eggnog. Why is eggnog so delicious for the holidays and so disgusting every other time of the year? Oh, my God. I can't stop right now. Like, we go through a disgusting amount of eggnog in our house. Like, what, a carton every couple of days? I don't know. It's gross, Shane. <laughs> okay, I'll stop drinking it. Now no, I don't, don't. We may as well. What else are we going to do with eggnog? What is another food or beverage that has the equivalent of eggnog where it's only appealing during one time of the year? Hmm. Like, I feel like fruitcakes aren't loved all no. year round even during the holidays what's another thing like that uh there I isn't is there no this eggnog is the only thing that is like so desirable right now because everything else like i mean we made belgian cookies today but those are good year round if you have like a holiday punch like a mulled mulled wine that's good all year round it's only yeah. eggnog that I can think of. Yeah. If anyone knows anything, DM me. That's <laughs> ShaneDaddy83 on Instagram. But yeah, uh, we're coming off a very busy time, very busy year, but I was shooting my sketch show. Mm -hmm. So I am drained. This is a pilot, by the way. Nothing has been launched or approved yet, but it does feel like the end of the era of working unreasonably hard. In the, in the end of that era? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, like, perfect timing, too, for that. So the last, what, the last two years you've been working on it, but then the last month you've been working insanely hard. I'd even say two months. And for the shooting to finally be over, the editing to finally be over, like, you guys sent it in to see if, you know, people want to buy it. It's going to be green lit. Yeah. And it this just – huge, though. Yeah, and it's – it's off my chest, it's off my shoulders, and whether it gets greenlit or not, I'm so happy because I said this a lot to people during the process, like the other people I was working on it with, we're just buying sleep at night because it's one of these <laughs> things. No, but really, no, I, what, I what's what funny mean. about that? No, it's just like hearing that and thinking about somebody hearing that for the first time who doesn't know what you mean. I get what you mean, right? Because you can finally have done this thing that you really want to do. Therefore, buying sleep at night. But I just, I like you equating it to that. Yeah, because when I'm older, I don't want to say, oh, I could have had this chance to do a show and I didn't take it up. So I worked a little bit too hard, but now I'm recovering from that. And enjoying the fruits of your labor because everybody that you sent it to is in love with it. Like, it's so funny. I guess. I've sent it to friends and family. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's what it means. Yeah. But you, have, you do have friends. I mean, a lot of us have friends that are, you know, they're just going to be yes people. And you do have friends that are yes people. But you also have friends that would give you a critique and would be, you know, not highly critical, but like constructive criticisms and things like that. And everybody's digging it. Yeah, so far so good. Are you offended you weren't a part of it? 
No, I kind of was a part of it. Uh, I recorded some voice work as a person over the phone, which was cut in the editing room. But I was kind of a part of it. Yeah, you were obviously, uh, by the way, a huge part of it, and you're taking on the brunt of child responsibilities and all of these things. So you were a massive part of it in the behind the scenes, and that does end up on camera in a way because without you, I would be a mess. Well, I I feel like I was a part of it because I like I was editing everything for you. You were bouncing ideas off me from the beginning and. Things like that. What do you that. mean so, you were editing for me? Well, like when you had a script that you needed to send forward or like the, even emails going, th- like, you know what I mean? Just oh, I don't remember you script doing Script stuff. That. Yeah, I was I was looking at scripts before you sent them and catching like, uh, you know, errors. Oh, typos. commas and editing yeah, that way. Yeah, editing. I see. Not like film editing, you goober. No, I thought you meant comedic editing. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Man, I'm so tired. Okay, let's just get to the interview. I'm sorry. I'm so t- My brain is mush right now, Alex. Let's get into the interview with Natalie Dussam. But before we do that, let's tell everyone who we are supported by. We are supported by True Earth. And if you listen to our podcast, then you know that Shane and I have been trying to reduce our environmental footprint. We've been doing it. We've been doing it well. We have. And one way we're doing this is through eliminating single-use plastics in our household. And with two kids, lots of laundry between the four of us, our laundry room was a bit of a plastic detergent bottle graveyard. Oh, it's like the Taj Mahal in there now. (laughs) It does look nice. You know, we discovered True Worth laundry detergent like six months ago, and we've not looked back. It comes in pre-measured soluble strips that you simply rip apart and put in your washer. It is so easy. It's fun to rip. And the best part is that, like we said, there's no plastic. Because the packaging is so compact, it's drastically changed the tidiness of the laundry room. We can actually walk in and out freely. So as a family with kids who also have super sensitive skin, we typically go for the baby detergent because it's fragrance-free, gentle on everyone's skin, and it is still so, so tough on dirt. Our clothes come out smelling great and crispy clean. It's true. So check out True Earth Detergent at true.earth and use the promo code thisfamilytree10 to get 10% off your order. You will love this product. Take my word for it. Again, that is true.earth and thisfamilytree10. And now let's get to our interview with Natalie. Hi. Hi. Let me start my video here. How's it going? Hi. It's so good. Uh, Nice to see. Like, is there sun shining on you right now? There is. There's sun shining right on my face, actually. My face is really shiny. <laughs> no, you are lit beautifully. It is so <laughs> nice. And I am jealous because it was dark here at like four o'clock and I'm ready for bed by seven. I honestly, I'm the same. It was sunshine or not, I'm ready for bed at seven. So same, same stitch. <laughs> <laughs> but Nat, I'm so glad. Oh, I just screw these up. I'm so glad that you could join me today. And I'm, j- I'm so excited to have a hang with you, have a chat with you. Yes, we I met, love you. I-, I love you and like love you and what you do. And I knew that. But then we met at MomFest in yeah. Toronto at the party. And it was an instant love fest. And I I knew it was a great connection and I was so happy to finally meet you. But what's what's going on in Mexico? What are you doing in Mexico? You know what? We just decided we need to live our lives. So the crazy thing is my husband and I always had this dream that we were going to build my online business up enough that I could run the business anywhere in the world and that we would become global nomads and we would travel and all these things. But it was like a 10 year plan because we just didn't have 
the infrastructure, the team structure, you know, we had staff in the office and all these things. So it just wasn't even, it was like a dream. And then with COVID, we, our entire team is remote. So we're like, you know what? we're vaccinated, we can just up and go. So we just decided to rent out our house and move to Mexico for a few months and work our business remotely and enjoy some sunshine. So that, here we are. That's amazing. So wait, is are you going to go somewhere after Mexico? Is this is this the plan to continue going to different places and living that kind of global nomad life? I hope so, but I don't know. I mean, we have a daughter, so that's a, that's a challenge in terms of, you know, school and having consistency and all those things. So we'll see. We're, this is like our trial run mm-hmm. to see how it goes. Um, and she's in a full French program, like not even French immersion, but like full French at home. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So um, and now the new school she's at is Spanish and English with a little bit of French. So it's like we're about, I don't know, three weeks in, I think. And and uh, it's going very well, but it's a definitely a transition. That's am- how is she adjusting? Like just as a parent, so many questions yeah. about that, right? Yeah, totally. So she she was a little like she had a lot of questions before we were leaving. Like, mommy, I don't have friends there. Who am I going to hang with? Like, and so I really sat down and wanted to make sure that I understood, you know, what the she didn't have stress or anxiety about it, but like what the what was the core of you know, what she was maybe fearing Mm -hmm. and it was making, it was making friends. And so, um, we registered her for two programs. So we have horseback riding that she's involved in. And then we put her in like a robotics kind of a Lego class. And then she's instantly made tons of friends and yeah, she, she's got friends and she's loving it. And it's an amazing transition. So that's incredible. And the whole idea of this, I must say is like, it just sounds romantic. Like it's the (laughs) most, (laughs) hi. (laughs) <laughs> Say hi. <laughs> but it really is it, it it sounds so romantic and it it sounds like just so many of the books like I'm an English major and it sounds like so many of the old books I would read like where people just choose to up and leave and you know become expats in a new country and yeah. that is so cool but it, that that takes a huge leap and a lot of bravery, even as an adult. And, you know, I think about what you do, you own your own business. And you must have taken so many leaps, like as a mother, as a businesswoman, to get to this spot. So this is not a new feeling for no. you. And no. I, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about Poppy and Peonies. So yeah. I'm wearing Poppy and Peonies right I now. I know. I love it. <laughs> my love favorite. It. This is my favorite tracksuit. I Aww, put it on every day you. after work because it's cozy. <laughs> but how did you begin? Because I know you have you have a passion for design, but how did you begin your business? The truth is, so I've always known since I was little, little, little that I was passionate about fashion. And I, I, I don't want to take up all of our time talking about this, but, you know, ever since I was young. And so I grew up in a really, really small town where there was no fashion designers. There was no kids who even dreamt about being fashion. Where'd you grow up? In a town called Penetang Machine. So it's probably... Um, it's on the way to my maybe- cottage. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So tiny, tiny town. But my parents were like supportive of the dream. Like they were just like, okay, like my dad's a carpenter. My mom worked at the local hospital. They had never heard of anyone that wanted to do this, but I was determined. So yeah, I just honed my skills all through high school. I I did research. I realized I wanted to go to Ryerson because I did Mm -hmm. a degree in design. So I got into Ryerson. They only selected like 
40 students out of like 10,000. So I was like, that was my only plan. Um, and then after school, like design school was a dream. I was finally around like tons of like cool kids that were exactly like me, like super creative. <laughs> and then from there, I went and worked in the US for about four years. So I worked for Abercrombie. I worked for Fossil. I worked for Banana Republic. And I was a handbag designer. It was always what I loved to do. And then my husband and I were in a long distance relationship the entire time I was in the U S and he was so supportive. He never said like, come home to this small town with me. Hold on, hold on to the small town. So you guys knew each other, not even from Toronto. No, you knew each other from like from town. Yes. Yes. So we went to high school together. We didn't start dating until, until probably like my last year of university. And then we're like, okay, we really want to give this a go. But then I was leaving for the U S. So it was like, okay, do we, do we make this work or do we break up? And we decided to make it work. So it was four years of long distance. Okay. So I was saying how the move to Mexico was romantic, but again, just like taking big leaps, romance, you are no stranger to either. This sounds like a freaking hallmark movie not <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean it didn't feel like it at the time it was in, it felt like oh my god so then after four years we're like okay I was living in New York at the time and it was a dream like I was working for Banana Republic I was designing women and men's handbags and at the time I wanted to pay off my student loan so mm -hmm. I was like living in New York was a fortune like my rent was what I was sharing an apartment with three other girls we had put like barriers up in our you can do this in New York everyone knows you put walls up to make bedrooms that don't exist, <laughs> but it was still like what a mortgage payment on a huge house would be at home. Like it was That's crazy. Nice. So I couldn't get ahead, couldn't pay off my student loan. So then I was like, okay, I need to be able to make money in Canada. Like, what am I going to do? Yeah. So I was like, well, I need to, you know, I have a very specific skill designing handbags. So I approached the Aldo group and I was like, listen, I can freelance for you while I'm in New York. So I did that for a lot, like I'd say six months. So I would literally, oh, wow. and in New York, it is no joke. Like it is, it is, you get there at 9am and you stay until like 11. And that is a standard work day. It is like, it's crazy. And that's just the expectation. And so I would get home, I would pick up whole foods on my way home. Cause I didn't have time to eat or mm -hmm. make meals. And then I would work for Aldo freelance until like three in the oh morning. And then I would sleep for a few hours and then do it all again. And so eventually my body just quit on me. I, I thought I had, this sounds so bad, but I thought I had a brain tumor because I couldn't remember anything. I couldn't remember what I did yesterday. Like my, my body started to fail. So I saw a neurologist, they did all these scans on me. And then he's like, are you in a really high stress, high pressure situation? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I'm lacking major sleep and I'm doing two full-time jobs. Oh my God. He's like, okay, your body, your, your mind is like, you need, you need to stop doing what you're doing. So, so then I spoke to my boyfriend at the time and I was like, okay, you know, I, I need to make a change for my health. So eventually I said, you know, are you going to come here? Am I going to go there? Are we going to break up? Like what's going to happen? I can't keep doing this. And so the Aldo group, they were, I just put it out there and said, would you be interested in having me uh, full-time? And at the time they didn't have any handbag designer. Oh, wow. So they were like, of course. And because I had an awesome experience and I was in the, you know, in the industry, I was able to negotiate to work from Penetang in my design office and then just fly into Montreal for meetings at the Aldo Group. So I did that for another four years. 
And then, you know, we got married and then I got pregnant and then I became a mom. And then, you know, I had to, this sounds so ridiculous, but I had to fly to China and to India and to Korea and to London and Paris. And when you have a baby at home, like you just can't do that anymore. It's not, it's not easy, you know, like you can't. So, and and then the other part of it was as a mom, I realized I needed functional fashion. So like my old fashion ways weren't working with my new, like life as a mom. And so I thought, you know, I can't be the only one struggling to find functional fashion and cool pieces that, you know, pockets and things that moms need. And so that's really when the light bulb went off. But at the time, Poppy was probably six months old when the light bulb went off. So I started to kind of like conceptualize and build the business while still working. You know, I got off my mat leave. I was still working full time for Aldo doing both again with a baby at home. So then it, you know, my workaholic ways took over again. And then eventually I was like, okay, I need to this is, I launched the business. It took off right away. I had so much community support, so much love. And then I quit Aldo and, you know, started to do this full time. That's incredible. That's incredible. And (laughs) And I do know that you have so much love and people really do like, I love Poppy and Peanut so much. I love everything about mm. your brand. I love bringing it out with me. It's funny. I just started working at a new school and the woman that sits at the desk beside me, I come in with my laptop bag and my striped lunch bag. And she's yeah. like, oh, that's so nice. Where'd you get it? And I go, Poppy and Peonies. And she goes, oh, really? And I, I show her online. And then that was last Friday. And yesterday on Monday, she comes and puts her identical bags next to my oh. bags and our twins. And oh, that warms my heart. It's it's the best thing ever. But I have to ask, like so much of what you said, I have questions about like yeah. relationship work-wise, parenting-wise. <laughs> but I want to yes. start with just the balance, Natalie. Like oh. you had, it sounds like terrible work-life balance when you were in New yes. York. Like that sounds, yes. if you're thinking you have a brain tumor, that sounds, <laughs> sounds terrible. And yeah. I want to know, has that improved? And if it has, what have you done to improve that? Yeah. So you know what it is? When you do something you love and you've dreamt about your whole life, like I look back in my old high school yearbooks and it's like, I want to, I want to start a global fashion brand. Like Mm -hmm. I've been dedicated to this, dreaming about it. So eventually when you do it, you put your whole heart into it and you love it. Like I would work on vacation. I would work in my on Saturday because Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like work. So it's been really difficult when you, and it's, it's really bizarre when you do something that you're so connected to and you love so much because it doesn't bother you, but it can bother the people around you because you're not present. So that's really the transition between, you know, being single and being in design school or living in New York and being able to work, 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 and then having a family. So I feel like I totally fail when it comes to what life work (laughs) balance, because I really have to, my husband checks me a lot. He's like, hun, you need to take a day off or you need mm-hmm. to relax or he'll really get on my case. I think it's for my own health because yeah. I love what I do so much. So it never feels like work. Yeah. So yeah, it's been, it is no, I wouldn't say, I think growing a team and having a team of people has definitely helped me to, you know, balance better. And then mm-hmm. for, I'd say three years, I saw a therapist about, I felt, I don't know if this is true or not. I felt like I was made to feel like I was a workaholic. Right. And if I was a man, 
and I was doing what I was doing, I would be a good provider. But because I'm a woman and because I'm a mom, I'm a shitty mom, I'm a shitty wife, and I'm a workaholic. Mm -hmm. So then you need to get help for being a workaholic. So I have a bit of a hard time with if I am a workaholic or not, or if the different standards and stereotypes between men and women who are dedicated to their careers. But that's probably a a whole other No, 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 no. I think that's huge. I think that's huge. And you know, it makes me think of like I've heard so many times you probably have too. You got a parent like you don't have a job and work like you don't have kids. But then where's where's the win? Because then you're always failing at something. And I think of my own dad and he is a businessman. Everybody else in my family teaches. And my dad would like he was international sales. He uh, sells supplies like stents for your heart so like if you have a heart attack or something they save your life so he would be going to paris for two weeks he'd be going to south africa he'd be going wherever all around the world my mom's at home with two little kids trying to get through university and then teachers college and then work and my dad's gone constantly but like you said good provider nobody blinks an eye but if that's the mom it's different. So is your is your husband in the company or is he a stay-at-home dad or does he do something else? Yeah. So he was an entrepreneur for a little while um, in the cannabis space and that totally went belly up. So now he's kind of just helping me balance it all, nice. which works out really well for us. Like mm-hmm. his family has a family business in Penetang. So he's always had flexibility. So he's been able to, um, you know, when I'm busy, he's able to compensate and help me out with like, you know, meal prep and, you know, picking poppy up and activities and all the things. So he's been amazing. And I, I don't think I'd be able to do it at the level that I'm doing it if I didn't didn't have such a great support. Yeah. And how's he deal with the, you know, that double standard? Yeah, I think, I think he still feels like I work too much. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if he fully gets it the way I get it, to be perfectly honest. Like he's supportive and he's amazing. But I think because he's a man, I don't think he, I don't think he gets it the same way. No, there's, there's always a difference. No matter how much I think we love them, our partners, uh, there's always a little bit of a disconnect if your partner's yeah. a man, I think. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Like I think he thinks I don't know. I mean like he's incredible. <laughs> he's super supportive. Like I yeah, I, I there's nothing I could even he's 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 my rock essentially. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, amazing. No, that is that is so awesome. <laughs> so yeah, work life balance is something that I always struggle with. Just oh, because it's a struggle. It's like I just don't like Poppy's a little bit older, but me and I'm sure you must have gone through this too, but me with my two young ones, it's like there are just no options. So I, I flounder. I try to do it all and I flounder and then I wind up freaking exhausted and just thinking I'm going to pass out at like three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, how can I go on for another second because I'm yeah. so tired? Like, are you just like hopped up on coffee all day? All day. Like I didn't drink <laughs> coffee. Oh my God. I didn't drink coffee until I started the company. And now oh I literally have, I'm like, I was telling my husband the other day, I'm like, I need to stop. Well, I got that. Um, I got the couple, couple coffee substitutes because I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm drinking three cups of coffee a day, like at I least. Do. I do yeah. And so hundred percent, it's like, and for me, it's the guilt. Like I just feel, well, it's, I feel like I've missed out because I was so busy mm-hmm. building my company in the beginning. I feel like I missed out on like, on, on like 
Poppy being really little, but at the same time, a working parent feels that way too. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of just the guilt that we carry. And I, I honestly don't have answers about life work balance. I think that I am kind to myself in the sense that every day, given my situation that day, I'm doing the best I yeah. freaking can. And that's all I can do. So, Absolutely. you know, you know what I mean? Like, I can't do any more. Like, you know, whatever the situation, like we just found out, you know, we have boxes. Oh, thank you, honey. We just have, um, we found out our boxes are stuck in the rails in BC because of the mudslide. So they're not going to make it in time for holiday. Like there's challenge after challenge. So at any given day, I'm just freaking and doing my best. See, and that's that's all you can ask for. And so many parents, not even moms, but I, I think especially moms for all the reasons that we said, like the guilt, the expectations that are mm-hmm. quite honestly bullshit, but they pile up. And then we do have just, we have all these unmet expectations that others put on us that we put on ourselves, whatever. We either overcome them or we don't. And then we just feel guilty about it. But- yeah. Of the challenges that you have faced, right, with starting your company, working through it, like right now with the mudslides, and those of you who don't live in Canada, there is serious flooding and mudslides on our West Coast, which I guess you guys are spied from, right? So Yeah, so our goods come across the country. By train? By train. Oh, shit. I'm so sorry yeah. to hear that. That's awful. Like, it is awful, but you know what? I always, I, I think, well, I always try to be positive, and I think there are people who are evacuated before the holidays. There's people who have lost their homes. I have boxes I'm worried about. Like, I know it's a, it's crappy, but it's nothing compared to what people are going through. Mm-hmm. So, like, big deal. No. Yeah. 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 You know. But so uh, of the challenges, not that you've you've been faced with since starting yeah. this career, right? What is something like a time where you were met with something and you really struggled to overcome it if there is a time when that happened? Yeah, I think I think it's really mom guilt. I mm. think I think that's my biggest challenge and before COVID, I had to travel to trade shows. I had to travel to New York. I had to travel, you know, all these places. And, you know, my husband was at home with Poppy, you know, picking up the pieces of our family. And it was really just feeling like I was a bad mom and I was missing out. And and now I feel like I've overcome it by thinking I am just doing the best I can. And you know what? I'm going to have an amazing daughter who sees what it is to build a business from the ground up, put in the work and make her dreams come true. And that's the biggest gift I feel like I can give her. So I feel like in the beginning there was all this, you know, mom guilt and poor me and I'm a crappy mom. I'm a crappy wife. I'm bad to myself because I don't take care of myself. And now it's like, be kind to yourself and love yourself and know that you're showing your daughter what life is all about. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you you say this as you're sipping a nice glass of white wine, sunbathing your face in Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) So I think I think if anybody wants to know if they should take your advice or not, the answer is yes. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, you know what? With great risks come great rewards. And I think stepping out of your comfort zone and doing something that scares you, like I was on Dragon's Den, that scared the shit out of me. And it was incredible rewards. And same with this, like who thinks to rent out their house, pack up all their stuff into a hundred bins and throw them in your basement and move to Mexico, but there's great rewards to it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. 
No, ab- absolutely. That's huge. And, you know, when you talk about the mom guilt and those expectations, where where did those come from? Is that you putting it on yourself, parents, relatives, friends? Yeah, I think it's society. I think it's society. I think it's 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 old school relatives mm-hmm. that have this mentality that, you know, the mom should be the one that does it all, which is next to impossible. You know, Mm -hmm. she should keep a clean house. She should uh, do the laundry. She should make all the meals. She should run a career. Like it's Mm -hmm. what the expectation I think from some really older generations have on these young women is difficult because I think when they were raising children, this isn't always the case, but you know, they were stay at home. So Mm -hmm. they had, they had that responsibility and that was their job. But now I feel like there's an expectation for women to have both of those jobs. You know, it's keep your house clean, keep yourself, you know, looking fit and looking good and, 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 you know, your kids and all these activities and running around and then have this incredible career and make time for your friends. And like, it's crazy what women are expected to do. I think. Mm-hmm. No, it is. It is. It's yeah. nuts. And I mean, I have said to hell with half those, more than half those expectations. Yeah. If I Same. was to turn this around, Nat, oh my God, I already, I'm I'm not a domestic goddess. I'm quite the opposite. I'm like a domestic villain. My house it is, is a disaster this way. And then yeah. behind me here is like a construction zone. So the construction makes everything else even worse. Yeah. And oh, yeah. if I if I was to let myself, I get guilty about other things, but if I was to let myself get guilty about everything and like all the home stuff, I'd have no joy. I'd have no joy. And I think as a mom, it's so easy to lose joy. Yeah. And to let is. your joy go before anybody else in your family, right? That's right. And I think social media plays a big part oh of it. God. Like I agree. I I sometimes um like my husband always laughs like before I started my company, I was never on social media. I never had a phone. I I was always present and I really see a difference in myself with social media like and I'm not one to compare myself to others, but sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you look at these women, you know, and they seem to have it all figured out and like I'm not throwing Rachel Hollis under the bus at all. I still, you know, I still think that you know, um, she's doing good things and she's inspiring people. But I saw her in a conference and I actually met her and I said, how do you do it all? And Mm -hmm. like, she was like talking in her conference, how her and her husband have sex once a day and how, yeah, that's what she said. And how they, you know, she, she has this empire and how she has four kids. And I'm just like, what are you doing that I'm not doing? Like, I can't figure this out. Like my husband and I are basically strangers. Like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. And then, so she says, you know, in her conference, like, you know, and then three weeks later, they're filing for divorce. So I just think sometimes how things look on social media, and we all know this anyway, is so far from reality. So, Uh you know, but I think social media plays a big part in it too. And also maybe they were having sex that often to to save the marriage. Right. (laughs) I mean, it it does, that does sound like a dream, uh, especially because you know how busy things can get. That tends to also fall by the wayside. Totally. And wait, Natalie, since, since we're here, I want to talk about something else that you brought up in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. A four-year long-distance relationship? Yes. How? How do you make that work? How do you keep that spicy? What do you do? Because it obviously worked out. You guys are still together. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, you know what? It was actually, it was almost like a dream. It was difficult. Don't get me wrong, but it was almost like a dream, like a fantasy. So (laughs) I'm very career focused. So not, so Monday to Friday, I would, you know, give my all to my, my career. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if I was at Aldo or, or Banana Republic, I would put in the hours, I would go above and beyond. And so then my husband would come, he, his family owns a business. They had a ton of air miles at the time. We actually went through all the air miles in the course of the, um, but he would come and fly in if I was in Dallas or New York or whatever, but he would come and visit me like every three weeks about. And then when he would, yeah, I don't think we could have made it work otherwise, but, and so when he came for the weekend, it would be like a Monday through, you know, whatever, or a a Friday, uh, you know, Thursday through Monday or, and it was just like, we would go out for dinner. We would do all these amazing things. And then when we moved in together, it was like, what? <laughs> it was shocking. It was such an adjustment, I have to say, because when he would just come in for the weekends, we would, it was just like, you know, we were dating and mm-hmm. it was like so much fun. And then it was the reality of living together. So, yeah. See, I think that's fascinating because we actually have good friends They were five years long distance, super in love. We were waiting for uh, a ring to get put on it. And they moved in together and after just a couple months said, ooh, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Broke up. And now they've got totally their separate ways. And you don't think about that because you think that when you live some with somebody that you've been wanting to live with, wanting to spend your life with, it's going to be magical. But like a business, you have to make compromises. You have to make concessions. You have mm-hmm. to know that your expectations aren't always going to get met. And I, I've never really, I guess, compared my relationship verbally like to a business before. But it's so much like that. And, and Shane and I work together, so I do feel that. Do you – ever make those comparisons in in your mind or? Yeah. So it's funny. My husband and I, we would, when we were doing long distance, I've actually never told anybody this, but we would write journals. And so we would almost do like a journal of a yearly review. And so at, on our anniversary, we'd exchange books and it would be, it would be like things like highlights or things that the other person did almost like a yearly review. And it was, you know, and we still have all these books and they're amazing, you know, memories and stuff, but it was kind of like that. We did treat our relationship kind of, you know, not like a business because that's crazy, but like, you know, there were a lot of highs and a lot of lows and, mm. and we, you know, we worked through them, but uh, we also celebrated the wins. So, yeah. Okay. So Shane and I did something similar. There was like yeah. some book he, he put in my stocking one year, like in like our second year together. And it was like at the end of every day, you were supposed to write something that happened that day with your partner. Aww. But we'd we'd be honest. So like we'd have like great days and we'd put all these really romantic, beautiful things. But then if like yes. I was mad at Shane, I put that I was mad at him. And <laughs> yeah. then it goes on for three years. So then every year on that day, you'd see the days from previous years. Does that make yes. sense? Yes. Yeah, and I love I'd, that. Well, I'd read the things and then I get mad at them all over again. <laughs> so reading each other's journals, did you ever have a moment of pause to say, oh my God, I can't believe I acted like that and made him feel this way. And did you ever have moments of like, what a piece of shit? Like both. Oh my gosh, (laughs) both. We luckily, like we read them on our anniversary at dinner and that was our thing. Like we were so excited to, yeah, but we never, I never read it again, but you're right. I think I would just relive everything all over again and I would get mad again. So Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, no, I agree. 
All right, now we're going to take a quick break and let our listeners know who we're supported by. We are supported by Bravado Designs. Bravado Designs makes the best bras that you can get your boobs into. It's true. I was just going to say that, but it makes more sense to, for you to say it because you're a woman. Shane, I think we got you to put one on one time. Do you remember that experience? I, I didn't want to take it off. Yeah. <laughs> they are so comfortable. I got hooked on to Bravado Designs when I was hooked pregnant. Or, hooked or clipped? Well, hooked. And when I was pregnant and they have just, they're so comfortable. Like I remember my boobs, well, my nipples were so chapped and I, I couldn't wear anything, but I was always comfortable in Bravado Designs. And not only that, but their nursing bras are so practical and so easy. They're are your, awesome. Are your nipples chapped now is the question. But after the day I had with Betty, kind of. But mm. no, not in general. However, you know, if you're not a nursing mother, and I'm going to exit this phase soon, I imagine, they have an everyday collection now. So bras with no clips, without the little foldy pieces that come down that are just for everyday wear. They look great under shirts. They're so comfortable, and you definitely want to get your hands on them. So you can check out the nursing bras at bravadodesigns.com, or you can head to the Canadian website for access to the everyday collection at ca.bravadodesigns.com. But regardless of which website you go to, use the promo code thisfamilytree20 for 20% off. Again, that is bravadodesigns.com and thisfamilytree20. But we are also supported by Mini Miosh, a premium, organic, ethically made, and sustainable kids and babies clothing company founded and created in Toronto. Mini Miosh believes in quality over quantity, and they make the best basics that you can get for your littles. I mean, fashionable wardrobe staples that are super soft, comfy, and timeless, and can be passed from kid to kid regardless of gender. And before we were just knowing that they were soft and comfortable because our hands, when we're touching yeah. it, when we're putting the clothes on the kids, but we actually got a limited edition Mini Miosh shirt for that charity that we were supporting. Oh my gosh. It is amazing. I have a sweater. I wear it constantly. It is the best. And now I get why Lucy loves it so much. I always knew in my heart, but it was nice to confirm my beliefs when I actually put on a shirt for myself. Oh, it feels so nice. And of course, all their organic cotton fabrics are knit and dyed locally using GOTS certified organic cotton and low impact non-toxic dyes. They're on a mission to leave the planet better off for our little ones than when they arrived on it. And they believe that every little bit counts. So you can find the company online at minimiosh.com or at minimiosh on Instagram and Facebook. And if you use the promo code thisfamilytree15, you're getting 15% off your order. This is available in Canada and in the US. And again, that is minimiosh.com and thisfamilytree15. And now let's get back to our interview with Nat. Long-term relationship, that's long distance. I talk about this all the time on the podcast. Shane knows this. It's no secret. I am so jealous, Natalie. It is something that- yes? Oh really? Jealous of what? Tell me. We can maybe oh, I can help you with this. I I don't have a jealous bone in my body, you so don't? I can no, no, nope. Okay, you know what? I hated therapy. I went a couple weeks ago to deal with uh, postpartum rage, not jealousy, but yeah, yeah, it's all in the same umbrella. So maybe a girl yeah. chat's what I need here. Yeah, I imagine that when Shane walks down the street, every woman is throwing themselves at him. Ah! <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I can't deal with it. I shouldn't it. laugh. I'm so sorry. This because this is a real issue. I should not laugh. I'm so sorry. Laugh away. It, it makes me realize how silly it is. Laugh yeah. away. He's got the stash. Not everybody likes the stash. I'd say a minority of people like a stash. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I know rationally that not every yeah. woman is throwing themselves at him as he's walking down the street. 
Yeah. But it's true. like, I can't, I'm jealous. I so don't know what to do. You think, is it that you think that other, like women are throwing themselves at him or he's looking for other women? Like which one is it? Or is it both? No, no. Women throwing themselves at him. And then I'm like, ooh, what if one is, and then this is where my own insecurities come in. What if yeah. one is hotter, younger, wittier, smarter, whatever. Oh my gosh. You know oh what my, I mean? You know, and okay, there's always so going to be somebody that's a wittier, smarter, hotter, younger. 100%. 100%. All the, like every day. Yeah. So you know what I think too? And maybe this is being just secure in my own self. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I know if my husband wants to leave me for another woman, have at her. Go okay. for it. I'm better off without you. Yes. So much better off without you. If you want to leave me for somebody else, go and have a great life. Like, do you know what I'm saying? I'm sure mm-hmm. there'll be tons of tears. I'm going to be fine. I'm solid with myself. I, I got this. I'm going to survive no matter what. You know what I mean? Like if someone doesn't want to be with you, that's their loss and not yours. So I, love I don't know. I love yeah. this. This, you know, this is why I'm happy that you have come into my life, Nat, <laughs> because I need this attitude. It is a bad bitch attitude. I need more yeah. of that. And I love it. And you bring that to every facet of your life, I feel like. Thank you. I don't know. I I feel like I've been through the ringer on so many things. And I, I think when you do, do like when you go through situations and you do things that scare the crap out of you and whatever, I think you gain more confidence as Mm -hmm. you go. So I just feel like I've, this business has been a roller coaster ride and I feel like I've just become a lot more secure with myself through it all. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, my husband, if you want to leave me, okay, well, you know what? That is a hundred percent your loss. Sorry. I love that. No. And, and that is how I should look at it. And I can sometimes, I can sometimes, and I do sometimes, but then I get, I don't know. I'm so, I can't be alone. Like I can't even, like if I if he's going to work or something, I need to invite girlfriends over stat. I invite my family over stat. Like I'm not somebody who can be alone. I always need to be chatting. I always need to be social, having fun. Like if I'm not if I'm not having a good time in some way, yeah. Yeah. I like start to freak out. I yeah. like I hate yeah. quiet. Well, not I don't hate quiet. I love quiet, but with somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, I think I'm different in that I'm cool with, sometimes I'm cool with just being on my own. Like I am mm-hmm. just happy to just sit in my own. Yeah. Like a movie night by myself in an empty house, like where it never happens. But when it does, I'm like, hallelujah. <laughs> if I'm eating chips in bed, I'm watching my movie. Nice. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think, um, I don't know what that could be. Well, look, I, I'm I'm taking steps. I'm trying. So I started yes, watching yes. Yellowstone. Yes, it's amazing. Got, I, I, for one episode in, but it's got hot cowboys in it. So I'm like, you know what? This is mommy's alone time show. Yes. Perfect. Yes, exactly. And that helps. Hot that cowboys helps, yeah. help. Yeah, they are. Th- that is such a good show. I also watch that show. I'm on, I'm a ca- all caught up now. So I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's amazing. Okay, but good. yeah, I'm I think glad. just I think you need alone time just to reflect and just you know be in your own skin and just you know just yeah just just be yourself and like you know don't feel like you always have to be on. It, it, everyone's personality is so different. Like mm-hmm. I like downtime, so I don't have to interact with people. I don't have to talk to people. <laughs> I don't have to. You know what I mean? I don't have to look like a hot mess in front of people. Like I love <laughs> that. You know? I think that's why I like downtime. But um, everyone is so different. 
Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my, no, but I, I, I'm thinking that what I need in my life is a confident female mentor and you are going to inadvertently be that. I'm just going to watch your stories from that angle yes. now. Yes. But- <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I, and you know, what's funny. I'm really passionate about, I don't know how I feel like I haven't like Poppy and Peonies. I love it. It's amazing, but I feel like I'm passionate about building confidence in women. And I don't know how I can do that in my life, but I feel like that is what my mission is. I like that. I really do. Yeah. yeah I don't you know. Can, I don't- you can do that through Poppy and Peony. So like truly when yes. I – and I'm not saying this to sell your products, but also everybody buy Poppy and Peony's products because they're awesome. But when I do walk around with one of your bags, I feel cool. I feel good. I feel confident. So you That's do amazing. do that, Natalie. Oh, I and love I that. think that that quality of you comes through in your work. Thank do you know you. what I mean? Thank you. No, it is. It's my mission to make women feel great. And what I love about bags is it doesn't matter what your size is, how tall you yeah. are. Doesn't like you know what I mean. It doesn't matter. Women just love bags. So mm-hmm. it's so different than fashion, which is which is amazing. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And you know, I want to talk about your you getting started up in this. You said that when you were young, like from a young age, you liked design. Yeah. How did your parents nurture that? Oh my gosh. Well, my dad is a carpenter. So when I would come to him with a shoe design, we would literally, and I don't even know, like my parents, they're small town. They're very Mm. small town people with the biggest hearts. And my dad would take me into the garage. We would design the shoe and (sighs) we would just start making it on all of his woodworking stuff. You know, That's and, and then, That's amazing. yeah. And then I'm like, okay, I want to learn how to sew. And so they got me a sewing machine. And then I, I was like really into like vintage, like retro. I, I was always just kind of was beating to my own drum. Like mm. I was like, oh, I'm into vintage, whatever. So we'd go, they'd wake up at like 530 AM with me and take me to these like garage sales oh to buy old curtains <laughs> so we could, I could make pants. I don't Those know. Good parents. Like, Yeah, I think they just recognized that I was like a little different and that they just did whatever, you know, like we had White Rose at the time, but it was in Barrie, which was 45 minutes away. So for my birthday, they would like take me to White Rose and wait patiently while I like walk through each aisle and like drooled at all the crafts. Like, (laughs) I don't even know. They were like incredible. And I always um, hear of parents whose kids want to be fashion designers. And I think for a lot of parents, that's scary because, you know, a lot of parents, I don't know if it's nowadays or not, because I think as long as you love something and you're passionate, mm-hmm. money will fall. But I think for a lot of parents, when they hear fashion design, they think, oh my God, how is someone going to make a living at this? But my parents didn't, they never, that was never even a question. Like, you know, they just, they just supported, you know, if I want to take sewing classes, they did that or, you know, mm-hmm. make bags or like I when I was 16 I had um wire handbags that I made and so I was wire? like yeah I want to have yeah they were like well because I couldn't I couldn't make um actual bags then so I would make wire and beads and I would twist them all up and make make these bags and I I was like okay I want to sell these bags so I approached a local shop owner and they were like yeah we'll carry your bags so I was like dad I need a bag stand like we got to build a bag stand for my wire bags this is like 16 he's like okay so like we you know we drew it out and we designed it and he made it and we put it in the store so I don't know they're I think they're just exceptional parents and and I am incredibly privileged to have such supportive parents who nurtured mm-hmm. that um craft because I know I wouldn't be the same if I had parents who were like oh you you know you can't do that or I think because they believed in me it made me want to believe in myself so 
I feel really lucky about that. Well, I get that too from a parent's perspective. It's like that's scary because not only is it an industry where you think of all the people that want to do it and then you think of the amount of brands that you can actually name and it's just so few. So yeah. it's just such an uncertain industry. It and is. then it's all the dedication and hustle that comes with that. And it, it reminds me of Shane, like Shane's in – he's a commercial director and editor. He's in a filmmaking. And wow. it's like he doesn't have a high school degree because academics weren't his thing. But he didn't just sit there on the sidelines. He was busy every single day totally. making documentaries, doing things to bolster his portfolio, applying. And then he he's, you know, settled up. And he got – he started working for MTV, then much music. And it's like – that started his career, yep. and it's amazing. Yeah, but as a parent, is. it does get scary. Yeah, it does. I think if you have a child who's so passionate about what they're doing, I think just nurture that. Because my ultimate goal for Poppy, like I don't care what she wants to be, as long as she loves it with mm -hmm. her whole heart, to me, that is all that matters. And it doesn't matter what that is. Mm -hmm. If that, you know, it, it, any, like whether that be an astronaut or whether it be, uh, you know, if she's a teacher or if she's, uh, you know, even a, a janitor, uh, it doesn't matter as long mm -hmm. as she it loves it and, and is fulfilled in her heart. That is all that matters to me. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I think yeah. the same way. And, yeah. you know, with, with Poppy then, how do you plan on doing that? Like, would you, cause like you're busy, you own a business. And I know your husband, like he he's around too, so he can help out. But like dedicating the time to your kids' passions, extracurriculars, how do you make that work when you're so busy just day by day or – yeah, day by day. And I think exposing, like she's she's seven. So I think exposing your children, this is what my parents did with us, exposing your children to all different things mm -hmm. if you're if you're lucky enough to do so. And then it, because that way they can they have a they can see what they like. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, if you just kind of let them pick and choose what they think they like. They, you know, like Poppy, we uh, had her in soccer and she was like, I don't want to do soccer. I don't want to do soccer. We're like, honey, just try it. If you don't like it, no big deal. We tried it. She loved it. Mm -hmm. She was like born to be a freaking soccer player. So anyway, if, you know, you just kind of listen to your kids and, you know, don't get them into activities that they don't want to do. And, mm -hmm. they, you know, they might not be so happy in the beginning, but at least they'll know if they like it or not. And then, and then you can kind of then discover what they're passionate about. And in regards to women, so one thing that I find, and you might, you might be able to relate to this, but a lot of women I meet, especially through the podcast, through our, our online presence, they have like an entrepreneurial soul and they really want to get involved and then they're off because they're having kids and they have to work you know part-time or whatever and they really want to get involved somehow and then they get sucked into MLMs things like that and they yeah. are they just they exploit the people that work for them essentially yeah. right and I yeah. see so many people getting sucked into that and it's annoying to get the messages like you know, every yeah. month, like, hey, do you want to buy this? Do you want to come to this party? Whatever. But more than that, I think, you know, it really sucks that you want to do this. You want to take these steps and be an entrepreneur. But then this this is the only outlet that you found, right? Totally. And I want to ask you if there's a woman who does 
have this dream, wants to make her own business, wants to make a name for herself, get involved somehow, what should she do? Like if you have a piece of advice, what mm-hmm. what would you say? Well, I think I think it there's two things. So I think if you're really passionate about something or if you have a great idea for a product, I think 100% go down the entrepreneurial path of like starting your own company. But I think in terms of social media and doing something as a side hustle and a part-time gig, I think I am so amazed by the power of influencers. Mm -hmm. And I think when you look at someone like Jillian Harris, how she's built this multi-million dollar profitable business all through influence, I think the sky's the limit. I really do. I think that as long as you believe that, I believe I'm a huge believer in positive thinking. Um, I think if you believe that you are capable and you are, you know, deserving and you are willing and all those things, I think that you could do what Jillian Harris did a hundred percent, you know, like grow an online following and, and profit from the following through, you know, brand collaborations. And, and, you know, and I think I look at Bird's Papaya and, you know, she supports brands that she truly loves. And I know Jillian Harris is the same. So I think, you know, y- you have to align yourself with brands that you love and that you share the same values with. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. You don't want to sell your following, you know, products that you don't believe Absolutely. in. That That's not cool. But I, 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 I think depending on the degree that you want to get involved in mm-hmm. entrepreneurship, you know, it's incredible the power of, of influencers. Were you ever given really amazing advice that you kind of took with you for your whole journey? I feel like it's been, I'm only now, I have to say, I'm only now really connecting with a ton of amazing female entrepreneurs that I'm inspired by. I feel Mm. like the first three years of building my business was a really lonely path. I was like struggling and in survival mode. And I didn't, I didn't know that there could be, you know, other women in my position that I could connect with. So right now I'm so inspired by Ashley from Smash and Test. She is to me, like, I think she is an entrepreneurial goddess. Mm-hmm. I think she is just the most amazing human. She is beautiful on the inside and the outside, like how she gives back and, and just her values. And so I'm really inspired. Um, I'm lucky enough to be mentored by her. And so she gives me amazing advice. That's I'm, incredible. Yeah. I love, I love her. That's incredible. And I, I, I think peer mentorship is so important and it doesn't matter even what level you are at because there yeah. is so much value that you can get from that. And I think that's another thing. Sometimes people get their back their backup and they don't want to be mentored because they think, no, I got this. Like I'm doing it all on my own. And they forget or they don't see the value in that right away. But it is – it's crucial. Yeah. And I think – connecting with a mentor who's in your space. And I think a lot of people would think like, oh, but you know, you're, I mean, Ashley and I are never competitors, but like, you know, Ashley collaborates with Burnett the label and she collaborates with so many people that are in her space and, you know, it's collaboration over competition and we're stronger together, that mentality. And it's so powerful. And I think connecting with a mentor who's where you want to be and having the nerve to ask them for help. Like I, I did Mabel's labels, um, her, mom cave oh, yeah. and I said to her yeah She's I said best. to her after I said 
oh my God, like you inspire me so much. Like you, Mm -hmm. you know, have this amazing business. Would you ever be interested in, you know, a mentor session here or there? And she was like, absolutely. So I think having the, the guts to ask, because these women you know, who are ahead of you, they've been through what you've been through. Mm -hmm. So they can really give you some amazing sound advice because they, they were already there. Mm -hmm. So, so I think it's just, you know, asking for it. And it does create an amazing community. Like I know you and Smash and Tess both currently have collaborations with Jillian Harris going on. Yeah. And it's, it's a great community to be a part of. And I find that the, the Canadian I don't even want to say it's like the Canadian mom community, but it's like these women, a lot of them happen to be moms that are consumers anyway, but it's, it's all this kind of cyclical thing and everybody kind of knows each other and it's, it's nice and it's warm and you get those collaborative vibes over mean girl vibes. And again, this is just from me looking in, Yes, but it it sounds special. It's, it's empowering. I think, Mm -hmm. I think the community really believes in empowering one another and supporting one another and uplifting one another and celebrating one another. Like I always see, you know, if Ashley just launched a new romper, you know, Ash, uh, um, birds papaya's on it, Sasha's on it, Mm -hmm. um, Jill's on it and then vice versa. You know, it is like, they're just, everyone is so supportive and collaborative and like better together mentality. It Mm -hmm. is, it is such an amazing community to be part of. No, it's awesome. It's awesome. And, and I'm so glad to have met you through that community. I know. On that night That was so fun. (laughs) I was so, so, I'll just say tired the next day. Yes. I will also say tired the next day. Yes. Or I love how Jillian says it. Actually, Jill says, um, overserved. She oh, says, yes. I was, oh, she says, my I was, I was overserved <laughs> last night. And I'm like, yeah, you, yes, you were, I, we were overserved. I was overserved <laughs> by the topless men. Yes. Is what oh, happened. Yeah. Yes. I was overserved. Yes. yes. <laughs> and I mean, not putting responsibility on the event because I overserved myself. <laughs> oh, I had a great time doing it. And I do, I do yes. the exact same thing again, uh, but yeah. truly had so much fun with you then, Nat, and with you tonight. Thank oh, you thank so much you. for the chat. Really. I, I really am so happy that you're able to get on this call, but oh, me too. where can folks go? Where can listeners go to buy your products, check you out, everything? Yes. Oh, my God. Check out our Instagram. It's poppy underscore peonies. Our website is poppyandpeonies.com. I don't know when this is going to air, but we have an amazing Black Friday sale happening. Is it? This is will it? Be, I don't it'll know. be after. Yeah. Okay, after. Okay, so that's I hope okay. you guys so, bought from the amazing Black Friday sale. Yes, I hope you <laughs> bought from the Black Friday sale. And stay tuned for maybe a Boxing Day sale. Oh, I guess I could say that. But we have amazing that, yeah. gift uh, giftables for the holiday season. Um, some amazing pieces. So yeah, thank you for having me. This was so fun. Oh, and one last thing, okay? Because yes. I was going through, I told you, the woman at work, we now have matching bags and lunch bags. So I had two of them around my desk today and we're all looking. So I'm like, yo, ladies, I got a promo code. So we're like shopping. (laughs) And uh, what is it? You have so many gorgeous purses. We were all sitting there and like, okay, which ones? Like, what are we going to get ourselves for Christmas? We couldn't decide what is your favorite item purse wise handbag wise that you have right now like make this easier for me Nat. I don't know what to buy from you 
Okay. So I think it depends what your needs are. I think that really is mm-hmm. that if you're looking for an everyday bag, I think the downtown that we just launched is probably one of the best. It's cool. It's casual. It's a bit edgy with the zipper details. You can wear it over your shoulder or you can transition it into a crossbody. Nice. Um, I think that's a great everyday fave and it comes in some amazing neutrals as well as a pop uh, berry color. But I tend to, I like massive bags that I can just throw my whole life in. I'm so bad that way. My husband's always like, I'll have like, oh my gosh, like crayons, gum. He's like, do you have this? I'm like, yes, let me just dig in my bag. Somebody needs to hold the snacks. Yes, everything. So I love the big bags. I love the beach bound. I think that's incredible. I love the sidekick. The sidekick is my go-to everyday bag. I love that, but it's sold out right now. It's coming back though. I think those are really amazing. And yeah, I think those are probably my top picks at the moment. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. I'm taking those to work tomorrow uh, (laughs) and we will further discuss them. But again, Natalie, thank you so much. When you're back in the country, I was going to say the city, but when you're back in the country, would love to see you again. And I'm going to join you. I'm going to join you for one of those wines. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you, everyone. Absolutely. Take care. Bye. There you have it. It was so much fun sitting down with her. Uh, Like we were kind of talking about, you know, we met at this party, hit it off immediately. And everything about Nat, not only did I love hanging out with her as a friend, but I so admire her just from a business standpoint. I mean, she has all the qualities that I'm always trying to build on. And all of that comes so naturally to her. Like every time I buy a new you know, organizer or something to help me remember things, I'm like, people like her that it comes so naturally to, I have this crazy, this crazy envy for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I have envy for the mailbag segment because it's so gosh darn popular. And I wish I had that level of popularity. Get out of here. This is where Alex takes the listener questions. That's right. I'm talking about you, the eight people who submitted questions this week. And she answers them. And I'm kind of along for the ride. I I guessed eight. Usually it's around eight. All right. Is it not eight? No, there was like 15, but it doesn't matter. I (laughs) <laughs> no, but did we, did we narrow it down to eight or not? Oh, I thought you meant like only eight people were submitting and you were like saying that. No, we, I think I've got about 10 oh. questions, but yeah. Okay. So 10 tonight. Usually we have eight. That's not yeah, a diss. Yeah. <laughs> Chill out, <laughs> Alex. All right. So our first question, actually, Shane, it's directly for you. Let's hear it. Idea gifts for men. So we have partners, friends, whatever, they want to buy gifts for the men in their life and they are stumped. What is, what's your favorite? Give me like a top three list. What are your three favorite things to receive? And then I want to hear your least favorite things to receive. Uh, My least favorite thing would probably be like Axe body spray. We talked about this on a TikTok. My most favorite would be if it's like a clothing I like. If someone Mm. knows the brand I like and the style, it's so hard to buy clothing for anyone. So if someone nails it, it's it has that wow factor. And then you don't have to do the pretend, oh, I like this type of thing. I will. I got to bump in there. I have such a difficult time buying clothes for you. But Roseanne... Your stepmom is probably the best person in the world at buying clothes for you. 
She is really good. She introduced me to Kit Nace, brand I really like. Yeah. I thought I wouldn't like it. She introduced me to stuff that I don't even think I would like, and then I end up liking. Mm-hmm. So she's really great gift giver. I like video games. I like Criterion DVDs. Like I'm a collector. I'm at that age where I like having tangible mm-hmm. items, like physical copies of things, even if it's useless. Yeah. Like it's like how I don't understand. NFTs <laughs> I just, you know. or whatever they are, people would be like that with me and not understand why I would want something yeah. tangible. So yeah, that, that's pretty much it for me. What about you? Well, it's for men's gifts, but I think oh, okay. that for men, like, you know, socks and underwear, it's such a cliche stocking thing. But if you can get your hands on some great underwear and great socks, because it like it's so hard to find pairs that are actually great. Like, I don't have any underwear that I love right now. I've been wearing the same crap since last Christmas. You know, I'm hoping I get something good in my stocking this year on the underwear front. From me? Well, my mom usually gets me uh, stocking underwear. Noted. Um, but I mean, if you were to, that'd be great. I, I need all I can get. But uh, yeah, I think, Shane, for you, you always seem to like new undies. You've got a brand that you love. So that's a really easy pleaser you know, for me, for the gift giver. Because the thing about the underwear and the thing about any other good gift is that you want to get the person, if you're really trying to like impress them, you want to get them something that they're not going to splurge on for themselves. So if you love expensive underwear, but you're not necessarily going to buy it, it's like, I'll throw that in your stocking, get you that silky underwear that you love. You know what I mean? Of course. Yeah. That underwear is great. I have a brand I like. It's called Beneath, formerly known as- My Package. My Package. I think maybe they thought, oh, my package is too sexual or or too dick related. So they went with <laughs> Beneath, which is less overt about dogs. You know what they did? They put they put a three instead of the E. So like B3- Neath, which is stupid. No, to me. if you think about it, the three represents penis and two testicles. It doesn't. Though. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it could. It could. That's why I, uh, I'm doing improv here on the spot. All right. Next question. What are your day jobs? So we got a new listener here. What are your day jobs? Both of us. Oh. So I'm a, I'm a teacher. I teach high school and then I parent. And then we I do this. And everything we do for Instagram and the podcast – I mean, that's not just a night job because there wouldn't be enough time. That's a day and night, 24-hour job. So it's it's per- it's crazy. What's a 24-hour job? The Instagram, all the social stuff. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you never sleep? And the parenting. Yeah. Yeah, that is true, especially if you have a newborn. That's oh really God. 24 hours. Okay, so for me, I'm a writer, director, producer, and uh, yeah, that's my job. Alex just leaned in real close and... You know, and you're a showrunner right now. You just did I, a pilot. I, I, don't, I don't even know what that means. So maybe I'm a showrunner. I don't have that official title. Well, for a pilot, I'd say that you are. The question's about day job though, right? Well, yeah, I guess because okay. still that's a side so, job. So just my day job is, yeah, I'm a writer, producer of commercials. And yeah. yeah, they call me a senior commercial director. Yeah, it's very cool. It's very cool. Can it's be. Like, it can be monotonous like any other job. It's careful what you wish for. Some people think it's cool and then they get hired and they regret it. I know, but it, it, you know, it's like coming from somebody with like one of the standard jobs where, you know, you have parents being like, oh, you should be a doctor or an engineer or a teacher and when you're little. And it's like these standard jobs just have so little wow factor or glam elements. And like, yes, Shane's job is super hard. It can be monotonous. And I, I see that, right, when you're working on things. But then 
you really only think about all the cool things that you get to do within that job. And it just makes it seem probably from the outside so much more glamorous than it actually is. Maybe glam factor, but I think there's a wow factor. I like that I'm dating a teacher, even though we're married with children. <laughs> I thought that was super cool. That uh, To what me, you, that's a wow, proud thing to be. Well, I, I'm proud of my job. I like take so much pride in it. But what's the wow factor from as an outsider? I still feel like I'm 12. So it's... <laughs> I can't believe I'm old enough to be dating someone who's a teacher. It it makes me feel like I'm a grown up. Oh my goodness. And there's something, I don't know, I don't want to say hot and seem like I'm some like perverted man. <laughs> but there's something attractive about it. I'll say it that way. All right, there you go. And for this new listener, Shane is six years older than me. So I like that you feel like you're finally old enough to date a teacher, but the teacher's younger than you. I'm just feeling very young. I didn't like everyone who listens, maybe not this person, but people who listen for a while know, I started everything pretty late in life. I didn't get my G license till I was 30. So I'm very childlike in nature in a lot of ways. <laughs> Clint Eastwood. That's a Clint Eastwood line. Really? I yeah. thought he said make my day. When does he go? I'm childlike in childlike nature. Childlike in nature. This oh. <laughs> this song. <laughs> when I hear Clint Eastwood, my song, my mind doesn't jump to the song. I think of the actor. Yeah, but you and I rapped the song at my dad's gig. My dad did a big guitar gig, and Shane and I each rapped a verse of Clint Eastwood Stop and then sang right the there. chorus together Stop. in front of everybody. That is a lie. <laughs> we practiced incessantly for two days. Yeah. And then when it came to do it on stage, we bombed. We barely but we did got. It. Yeah, it was. Was that humiliating for you? No, it was fine. Everybody was uh, in the bag. I held my head down with shame. And I mark it as one of the top 10 most embarrassing moments in my life. Well, that's a you problem, Shane. I don't think okay. anybody. <laughs> I don't think anybody. You were proud cared. of that moment. I wasn't proud, but I wasn't uh, embarrassed. Okay. It was just like everybody was partying. And that was our contribution to my dad's. Well, I had a lot gig. of my friends there. And when, when I sheepishly went back in the group, Everyone made fun of me how badly I bombed. Well, that's the thing. You just got to own it. You got to be like, yep, I bombed and just take it all in and be the big bad rapper for the night. I wish it was even a funny bomb. It was just so unconfident, the <laughs> rapping. The mic wasn't working. We were getting feedback. I was confident in my rapping, though. Oh. I, I, I'm, not say, I'm not saying I was good. I'm just saying I was confident enough to... You know, kind of dance around while I was rapping. That's amazing. That's another great quality you you have besides being a teacher, which is irrational confidence. And that is so important sometimes to get you through tough times. <laughs> so that's something I'm lacking. All right. Covering a lot of stuff in this question. I've lost perspective on what we're No, even... it's good. It's good. All right. What is the best part of 2021? With the year closing, I mean, guys, we got a week till Christmas and then it's New Year's, then it's 2022. And actually, I just read a funny meme. I don't know if it was funny, but it was just like, you know, an eye roll would be like, oh yeah. But it was like when you realize that 2022 is pronounced 2022, like T-O-O. -O. So it's like, this is a repeat of 2020, which it's shaping up to be right now. Funny might be an exaggeration. That's I, I, I changed it to eye roll. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I roll. That's good though. Wordplay. It is. But what's the, what's the best part of 2021, which uh, we're exiting out of? I don't know. Just I think proving that we can adapt to anything. Humans, yeah. I think, are awesome at adapting, but particularly you and I mm -hmm. are good at adapting to things. Yeah, we have many freakouts, but well, all Everybody in all, does. I know. But I think all in all, 
we handled it better than most. I agree with you. And we make the best of things and we enjoy each other's company a lot. I would say you're my best friends. I, I talk to my other friends and I'm not saying that they're not close with their wives, but they they do live more of a separate life and kind of compartmentalize their time a little bit different than we do it. Because because I, I was hanging out with my friends recently and we all got talking to be- uh, Great Cup? Yes, at the Great Cup, which I, I was trying <laughs> to avoid saying that only because of Omnicron. No, we, we have a whole question about it, Shane. <laughs> okay, because in hindsight, to say that I went to a Grey Cup game, which at the time did not seem like a, that wild of a move, now seems yeah. totally unconscionable. Yeah. So yeah, at, at the Grey Cup, we were talking into how we spend time with our wives. And everyone else had like their own little alone time. And when it came to me, I was like, no, she's we're just around <laughs> each other all the time. Like... It's like if she watches something, I watch it. I stopped watching basketball because Alex, I found she was bored watching it. So if I have a bath, she'll like sit on the floor next to me. <laughs> Wait, you make it seem like I only follow you around this scenario. No, no, I didn't. I make. I might be making it seem like that now, but I wasn't making it seem like that. I was very not trying to seem cool. Okay, wait, I'm curious about this. And I'm always curious about how these conversations go with guys, right? So in that conversation, and, and you can be honest... Like, do you, do you make it seem like, oh, like, and maybe you're saying your true feelings, but like, are you like, oh, I wish I had that blah, blah, blah. And are you doing it like that? Well, I was more curious how they do it because I feel like, especially when you have kids, it's so hard to find connective moments with your partner. And to me, it's like, oh, if you're not watching that show with your kid, that's an important bonding time. So it could seem like you're just doing perfunctory daily activities and there's nothing romantic about it. However, they made it seem like they have like at least one or two nights a week. But so do we. We have yeah. our date nights and things like that. So I think it's in my blood, in my family history to be codependent though. Both my mom and my mm -hmm. dad are both codependent with their partners. And I just think I have the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And I'm like, my dad, he might, I don't even know if my dad cares to talk to anyone else <laughs> other than Roseanne, who's yeah. my stepmom. No, no. Yeah, no, it's funny. It's funny because, you know, any relationship I've been in, I've definitely, there's been no time apart. Like it's been, yeah. you know, everything we me. do, we're yeah. doing, yeah, we're doing as a team or together anyway, like even guys. Which nights, hurts like, me, by the way, because I like the idea in my sick mind that I'm the only guy you ever did that and to. And Shane, I like the idea in my sick mind that I'm the only woman you've ever done this with. But you led me on in the sense that you told me you used to go traveling with your other boyfriend. Well, here's here's the thing. This is when we're in the same city. However, I had no problems leaving all my other boyfriends for, you know, extended periods of time to go traveling. Like my one relationship, I would leave him every summer for two months. And I would travel around Europe. You for wouldn't two do that months. with me. I would never. You're a woman obsessed. I am. Good. I am obsessed. That's what I told the fellows. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah, we all. Then we shotgunned a beer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I made it equitable as it is. Are yeah. you obsessed? Yeah, I'm definitely obsessed. Yeah, no, it's fun. It's a fun obsession. I don't mind. Um, but what, okay, so what was the reaction to your buddies? Because your your friend group is a very like. They love each other so much and they love to party. They love all this and they love their time apart from 
you know, mm-hmm. the the house. So I'm curious what the reaction is because I have a feeling that some of your friends, even the ones that maybe like liked me initially, might not necessarily like me now because I think they think I like hold you back. That could be true. I, I think there might be a lot of truth in that. Not in the sense that they don't like you, just in the holding you me mm-hmm. back from them. But I think all the real OG friends who know me know I'm the one who creates this ecosystem mm-hmm. because I need it. So everyone knows I'm a bit of a loser, for lack of a better term, that is very reliant on their partner. Mm-hmm. If it was up to me, like... I would like if I have to go anywhere and I have to drive myself, I get so much anxiety being in the car alone just for the ride down. Even if I'm driving, I'm thinking, I wish Alex was here to help me in some way. Well, we I I think of all the things that we do as an entire family, like we'll load up the kids in the car and everything just instead of one of us going to do an easy task. Like if we need milk from the grocery store or like from the corner store. I'm really curious about, you know, a friend in particular who I feel like I get that vibe from who I feel like was maybe more on board with me earlier than they are now. But it's I, I get that vibe a little bit that he might be bothered by our codependency. P- probably by our codependency, but I don't think by you. I think just no, but by- I, I think that they, they need somewhere to put it. You know what I mean? I think that it's put on me. I, there's no – I'm a problem in terms of friendships. <laughs> In terms of friendships, I'm a problem because I look at it as my closest friendship at, with my wife and some people mm-hmm. and ideologies are like, you should have a close male friend if, you know, or whatever. Like, you're I don't. Bad. But like you're, And here's the thing, like you have so many close male friends that you speak to every single day, every single day, right? And it's yeah. like, I, I don't see why that would necessarily have to take priority. But I think it's interesting because I know women like that as well. But then I also know women in my high school friend group, all the girls in that group are very similar to me and their relationships are a little more similar to ours Yeah, where it's more of a, like a codependent thing. And then we are like fine in nothing and we talk every day, but then we don't see each other very often. Mm-hmm. But then when we do, it's like, you know, nothing has happened and it's all the same and it's so much fun. But yeah, no, they, they are very similar. Then other groups of friends, it's like total opposite. It's interesting. Yeah. And there's no right or wrong answer. Mm -hmm. It's just, does it work for you in your life? And, you know, you don't ever want to hurt friends. So I try to make it clear that I'm more of an introverted type personality, homebody. And when I do go out, I like to have fun, but I don't need that cup to be filled every other night. Mm -hmm. I'm a once every two weeks guy. There you go. Once a week at most best part of 2021 that's how this started out and i got i gotta answer what i think and yeah shane we are so adaptable and i i think that was a great answer don't steal my answer one of my favorite parts of 2021 isn't one thing in particular but it's we finally got a taste of freedom this year we got vaccinated in the summer and then you and i once we got vaccinated started actually doing things again We went like three separate times to Niagara-on-the-Lake, to that nice little hotel, and we had a ball every single time, and it was so needed because until then, we hadn't gotten out at all, and we had a kid at the beginning of the pandemic. So it was like so much being stuck at home, being overwhelmed with parenting and responsibilities and, and work and everything. It was incessant. And then to be able to get away from the summer until now, so in the last six months, as much as we have, which has been amazing, we've gone away basically every Wednesday night. And it's been 
a blast. Yeah. Joni Mitchell was right. What? Don't it always seem to go? <laughs> that you don't know what you got till it's gone. That's Joni Mitchell, right? You sing like an angel, yeah. I lost my voice yeah, halfway through, but thank you. <laughs> okay, next question. I'd love to hear about your Grey Cup experiences. What? That's a secret. <laughs> a Grey Cup experience. Is this uh, Shaniac who's right here? It is. Okay, I like this. Who was Mike? No, but I, I'm really uh, eager to hear. And after you share your Shane, I will share mine. I, I don't want to make you jealous here, but well, I had. That's why I you're had going a, first. Okay, so a lot of people think I'm in the Arkells when I'm because I'm on a <laughs> podcast with. Max, who's the lead singer of Arkells, and they were playing the halftime show with uh, the Lumineers. With the Lumineers and, and Kay Flay, who's an amazing artist in America. Lumineers are obviously international, big artists. But Max, although he's very well known as the lead singer, the other guys in the band aren't as upfront and photographed as much as him. So when I went to the after party, people think I'm, I think, Nick or Mike D or something. I don't That's know hilarious. who. But I was getting congratulated a lot for the show, and there was a lot of attention on me. And then out of nowhere, this woman comes up to me at the bar and just says how like beautiful of a Are man. Are you serious? I'm. Yes. I have a question though. Yeah. You told me that the only people at the after party was like the band was so big, it was the Lumineers and K Flay's team, and that's no, it. The Lumineers, I told you, didn't show up. I said they had to fly somewhere. Okay, but you you made it seem like the only people at this party that I allegedly wouldn't be able to get into were like band people and crew people. There was a ton of those people, but there's a lot of people who, like I do a shoot and I direct it and there were 60 people. Mm -hmm. I don't know if people, I didn't direct the shoot, but I was show running. Right. And I don't think a lot of those people knew what I was doing or my name or who mm -hmm. I was. So that's not to say everyone knows every member of right, the band. Right. And I told Max, I was like, how could at your after party people think I'm in the band? <laughs> and Max was like, I don't know. Some of these people, I don't even know. So <laughs> there was that type okay. of vibe. And the, we were at Odds Bar, which Max it's owns. Tiny. With Nick. It's small. It can fit 30 to 50 people. Yeah. And in COVID times, there's all these fire regulations. So even less. Point is, a woman came up to me and she was just saying how beautiful of a person I was and like my face and all this. And she was, it was a little odd because this, this isn't something that's normal for me. And now, I, how old was this person? She was attractive. She was like, um, I would say 28 mm. Mexican woman. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. What was your reaction? What do you say to that? Somebody's telling you you're beautiful, complimenting you to the nines. What do you say? I start laughing because I think this is funny. And I say, oh, I'm blushing. Thank you. Oh, that's nice. Like, I don't know. It's not mean. I didn't feel like <laughs> I was being harassed. Why, why did you say this for the pod when we didn't even know? Why didn't you tell me this before? Well, if I said it, it would seem like bragging. But now there's <laughs> – no, I just – I don't want – I feel like we can hash it out on the mic and it's a safe space because you're not going to be as like, mean to me. Why would I be mean? Yeah. <laughs> Why would you? <laughs> no, it makes me jealous. Yeah. Well, and right territorial. It makes me territorial more than anything. And I hate to be misogynistic or however this is going to come across. <laughs> but right before we recorded, you were like, it's my period right now. And then you started being a little bit colder to me. And I've seen so many sitcoms that I'm oh my God. trained to be like, uh-oh, this means – She's going to be more no, upset with me. You've just gotten more annoying since I told you that I was on my period. 
<laughs> I've gotten annoying. <laughs> what did I do that was annoying? No, okay, not annoying. But like you, you've done, you've been more infuriating since I told you. That's that. worse than annoying. What did I do that's infuriating? No, just like like little things. Name one. Okay, when you came inside from playing with Lucy outside, you left your boots that were covered in snow and salt right there. What do I do with them? I didn't know you were on your period at that moment. <laughs> You put them on the mat. I have two mats for snowy boots. So I picked them up and I grumbled under my breath the entire way and I put them on the mat over there. I was tired. I was playing with Lou for like a long time. Yeah. Well, Lucy managed to get her freaking boots on the mat. Because I went out. I took all of her clothes off outside so no snow got inside. Smacked her boots around. Put them. You know I'm a bad shoe taker offer. You're a bad shoe taker offer. But I didn't know you were PMSing at that moment. Well, it shouldn't matter. I guess PMSing is it's pre-menstrual. Pre. Yeah. Okay. So I think the period gets a bad rap for being the time when someone might be a little meaner. Yeah. I just, I was basically like, it's oh, I'm before. on my period. Just yeah. because yeah, it's just not fun. Like my favorite thing about being pregnant, I had rough pregnancies. My favorite thing about being pregnant, other than feeling the baby every day, was not having a period. I'm not saying it's justified. I'm not saying it's not justified. <laughs> Sorry. But you were acting angrier since you told me you were on your period. Well, yeah, but not because of that. It's like there was just lots going on and I was just feeling uh, overwhelmed. Okay. Well, I'm glad we could hash that out. Women think I'm beautiful. Well, sorry. <laughs> woman. <laughs> no, and here and here's the thing, okay? You know, you always play it so cavalier and like, oh, you don't care about this. And you're always so apathetic. Do I? I care listen, immensely about it. Listen. And you're like, yeah, yeah, women, you know, they don't like, they don't come up to me and say things. Because I'm always telling Shane how hot he is. And he's like, oh, that's, you know, something that doesn't, that people don't do. Which is so just your move. And it's like, with you, it is. <laughs> that's awesome. I like this. It is. And then... That's likely when you were doing Tinder and everything, how I'm guessing you like made women feel like, no? No, like I, didn't, I don't make anyone feel anything. When you're on Tinder, you're it's it's an awesome feeling, I guess, but it could go to your head because you're only dealing with women who have said that they like you. So Tinder was a bit of a revelation because when I'm at a bar – if 1% of women could potentially be interested in me, that is terrifying odds. So I'm not <laughs> really comfortable with that. Like I'm unconfident person. But on Tinder, you get all the 1% in one room and it makes you feel like you're the bachelor. So yeah, when I'm on a date, I have had people be like, oh, I'm attracted to you or something. But never at a bar is someone just like you and saying it not in a hitting on me way, just like, you are so handsome, your face and all that. She was definitely hitting on you, Shane. Well, she I'm didn't gonna, act like it. Yeah, but she was probably trying to play cavalier. Like, I'm not going to go up to a man at a bar and tell him how beautiful he is if I don't want to make out with him at the end of the night. Yeah, it was a weird scenario. I'll say that. But you know what? Like, you got to get used to that because okay. you just created a very hilarious show. I, I can tell you've also been down since the show, by no, the way, which no, I've been no. trying desperately not to confront you about, but no, you're no, definitely no. not happy for me. Get out of here. I am so happy. <laughs> Shane, <laughs> have I ever been expressing that? I thought I was expressing that a lot. 
you are an emotive person and I know that you are one third happy and two thirds scared. No. You've vocalized several times that you do not like success. You think success can bring certain problems in a marriage. success, yes, can. Yeah. Like fame level success. Okay. Well, thanks for uh, shitting on the sketch show's ceiling here. Well, no, because you just did the pilot. But I think that the show, I think it will get picked up and I think that it will bring you fame level of success. And it could. That's why I'm saying you do not (laughs) feel that supportive in that all-encompassing way. And again, I'm not saying it's not justified. Fame fame scares me. Yeah, fame scares me. I know that. And I'm scared of... uh, not being famous. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I, you have nothing to worry about. No, I'm just saying, get used to women hitting on you. Because, you know, it's just going to, all the women that like you are going to finally see you. Or be like, ooh, where's this guy been hiding? And I'll I'm just not, be like, he's mine, loser. If they see me on TV, that's not to say I'm not with you 24-7 on our couch watching The Bachelor <laughs> and Bachelor in Paradise and every spinoff three times a week. Are you going to take me to all your premieres? Do yes. shows have premieres? No, but yes. For the sake of this conversation, you'll be at all the premieres. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, what's next? Next question. This is funny. Did you ever have cold feet about getting married? No. I was so into it. It was so fun. No, I, I didn't. But then I was thinking, what if you... Because I didn't know you super well, so I started getting scared that you might want to leave me or something. And then I got to know you better and I, I wasn't no. – I, I did get I, – I, I wanted to marry you more actually because of when I was getting scared. <laughs> no, no. I, yeah, I was – it was so fun and it was fun because we got married like on our basically one-year anniversary of dating and everything was just still so fresh and so new and we were still getting to know each other but we knew we wanted to be together and everything about it was so romantic because everything was just so positive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was just such a fun. High, yeah, I'm to still be positive and fun. No, oh, same with me. Same with me. You seem so now. I no, like that. I- <laughs> You're way more fun now. We should record 24 7, I think. I was having a hard day. I know. Betty is it was sick. a hard day. It was. Like, come on. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the listeners aren't going to know that. The listeners They're just going to think everything. that I was like being rough on you for no reason. Okay. I'm sorry. I was being, what was the word? Infuriating? <laughs> I can't, that's a hard word to say. <laughs> But okay, Uh, do you think relationship breaks work? So I have a hard stance on this, and I'm gonna say no. They do. We we have a my one of my best friends. He took a long break, and he's married, and he has a a beautiful child and one on the way. They broke up. They didn't take a break. They broke up. Okay, but breaks are essentially breakups. Breaks convolute things. They're not breakups because breaks convolute things, and it's like. When you're breaking, the rules aren't clear. And I've seen it so many times where people go on a break and then the rules aren't clear and then somebody ends up getting more hurt and things like that. It's like if you're going to break up or if you're thinking about going on a break just to delay breaking up or get out of breaking up directly, just freaking bite the bullet and break up. And then, you know, you get the same perspective you do on a break, maybe even more because you can see other people. And then... You say, okay, like, what do I want my life to look like? Do I want that person in my life? And you are fully separated from them and can maybe even make a more clear decision. A break just, I think, prolongs things and makes it weird. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I I don't think the odds are in your favor. Can they work? Yes. So we know a couple people, although you're saying my one mm-hmm. friend wasn't really on a traditional break. It was more of a breakup. They did get back together. Yeah. We have another friend we play baseball with. I feel like she had an on again, off again thing, and now they're married and happy. So anything can happen. Yep. It's not ideal to go on a break. And I don't think people who go on breaks think it's ideal. But sometimes that test can create a perfect jealousy trap, which makes you realize (laughs) what you want. Because don't it always seem to go? (laughs) (laughs) I like these musical interludes. I think we should have it more. Uh, What are you feeling grateful for today? Today, I'm feeling grateful for being a teacher and having the time off right now. And for our kids, because even though they were super, Betty, Lucy was fine. Even though Betty was super annoying today, it's because she's sick mm-hmm. and she is just like, oh my God, guys, you should see her nose. It's disgusting. She's got this cough. She's in bad shape and she just needed constant holding and picking up. And it was a lot. It was so much, mm-hmm. especially because Shane and I were like trying to be there and be fun for Lucy. So we were baking cookies from scratch and playing outside and driving to bakeries and we're just trying to be fun and present, but then Betty is just losing it. And then it was just, it was a lot and it really got to me by the end of the day. But I'm so grateful for our kids because they are honestly so sweet and so loving and just like, they're so freaking cute. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm going to say grateful for health, especially Mm. during these COVID-y Omicron times. I'm thankful I don't have COVID right now. It would appear Everyone may end up getting it sooner or later. We know so many people with it. Yeah. So the longer this thing goes, the more thankful I am for my health because I know I'm going to be in a state potentially where I'm very terrified and not feeling well. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. uh, always on my mind. Well, How what, can it not be right now? I know. It, it scares me so much because, you know, Whatever. I, I'm immunocompromised, but I, I'm vaccinated. So my chances of going to the hospital are like slim to none. But I get nervous for the kids because we don't know how lupus is going to affect them if it, you know, if it will, because it might. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how their immune systems are going to react. And they're not vaccinated. They're one in three. Uh, and I'm nervous, especially because of, this is a sure thing. But for your mom. Because she's immunocompromised and we know how she'd react if she did get sick with COVID and it wouldn't, it wouldn't be good. You know, she's going through, she's on a break from chemo right now, but she has stage four lung cancer and she's going to start chemo, I guess, after the holidays. Right. Yeah. And that is the most terrifying thing when it comes to COVID and getting together this Christmas season. Yeah. Is is that. And that's so scary to me. And, you know, we had a lot of things canceled. You, you and I had a big event we were going to go to on the 23rd. And What was that event? Oh, my friend's uh, Jared Diggs Acoustic mm-hmm. Christmas. Yeah, that's a Hamilton staple in mm-hmm. Hamilton, Ontario. And honestly, for, like, your mom, just knowing how, cra- like, our city's polluted with Omicron right now. And uh, I'm, I'm happy it's canceled in a way because then – we can go to we cannot go guilt free and then not have any worries in our head about passing something on to your mm-hmm. mom. Yeah. What else That's we scary. got over here? <clears throat> All right, how can I help my best friend deal with a toxic relationship with her partner? So I looked this up because I didn't want to give you the wrong info. So first listen. Then, you know, maybe share unhealthy relationship experiences of your own or ones that you've heard of that you've gotten through, gotten over and the good things about those things that you did and the bad things. Next, just be gentle. Try to help build up their own self-image. 
Don't be judgmental. Don't criticize. Make sure that they know that you're always there for them. Check in with them, especially if you don't hear from them for a couple of days. Check in, make sure they're okay. Be a positive presence in their lives. And then lastly, maintain your own boundaries to support your own mental health. Because if you're constantly there for one person, if these relationships are long, y- you need to you need to save yourself too. Right. You can't insert yourself into somebody's relationship entirely. You need to make space for yourself. What would you add to that? I think the best way to deal is just to be there and be supportive. Like like you mentioned, don't be there so much where it's impacting your own life or relationships, but just be there and know that the person's probably not going to initially take your advice. They're going to have to go through that fire on their own. But that's not to say don't say I see some red flags here. I'm worried about it don't put a full-on hex on their relationship and make it seem like you can't be around them because who knows things can turn around and even if it seems toxic now i've seen people that have had relationships that are terrible and then a partner cleans up their act uh, gets sober things can happen where you know again this is in the break type of relationship where it's unlikely that things are going to improve, but they can. So you don't want to put such a um, damper on their Mm -hmm. relationship that it's unrecoverable being the friend. So that's my advice. No, I think that's great because then they might not want to hang with you if their relationship improves. I think that's yes, so good. Yeah. Exactly. Or even at all while they're mm-hmm. going through the relationship and they might not want to confide in you anything and then that can make your relationship with that person suffer. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's so good because I think women also have a tendency, at least my friends, to like stonewall a guy. Like if a guy in a relationship is being a dick, I think sometimes everybody could be like, oh, one a-hole, like we're here if you want to leave, you know, kind of thing, which is great. And you know, your friends have your back, but at the same time, you have to know that it's coming from a certain, you know, solely our friend's perspective and things like that. And it's always two sides to every story. Yeah. And you'd like to believe that change is possible. Oh, my yeah, God. We, we for need your that friend's sake. Carrot of hope uh, to a point. And, mm, and, and, and if course. it gets really bad, you know, call the police. Of course. Uh, Christmas movie recommendations for kids. Oh, I was going to just jump right in there and say, what's the Chevy Chase one? Christmas, Christmas Vacation. Yeah, oh, that's a good one. 16 plus is, I think, the uh, Netflix rating for that one, but it's the best. <laughs> um, but Old School Rudolph, the Rankin one with Burl Ives is a snowman. It's amazing. Course, it's a, yeah. the hit classic. That one's never going to get old. Never gets old. Okay, a new one that I watched this year for the first time. I actually didn't even see the ending, but I liked it a lot. You watched the ending. So I want your take. A Boy Called Christmas. No clue what you're talking about. Right okay, now. we watched it the other day. Lucy was watching it in the morning. So I saw the first half and then you came out and I went back to bed and then you saw the second half. But it's like that little boy who's on an adventure and he's trying to find his dad. Kristen Wiig is the evil aunt. And then mm. the chick from The Shape of Water is like the evil town mayor. And then the, the dad. The chick, Alex, it's 2022 nearly. The dad is the smoke show. And mm, what's going on here? <laughs> but do you know what movie I'm talking about? Kind of. When kids are watching TV, I my brain can look at the screen, but I can't absorb what's going on. No, it was a good movie. And I'm thinking a new Christmas hit. Like it's going to survive okay. say, year to say year. Say the name. A Boy Called Christmas. Yeah. Really, all I can think of, I used to like the little drummer boy when I was young, but nothing tops that Rudolph claymation. No, 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 no. That's all I got. Uh, Lucy likes the star. I mean, if you want to lean religious. Star isn't bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So that's a good one. And oh, the other one that I like, uh, Arthur Christmas, the one where the guy, he's Santa Claus's son. 
Is that the mole, Arthur? He's a mole, right? No, the aardvark? Oh, he's an aardvark. Yeah, but no. Do you remember? Okay, you and I watched it with Lucy a bunch last year. It's a cartoon? Yeah. Okay. And it's like he's Santa Claus's son. He's like a tall, skinny guy, and he's trying yeah, to do that, his Yeah, that rings a bell. That was good. It was a good one. Yeah. It was a good one. Uh, final question, but it's not even a question. It's a statement. A Is person wrote in appearance? a statement. Mm. Yes, Shane, everybody thinks you're beautiful, which I stand by because I do. But this person says, the holidays can be so joyful and depressing at the same time. That's all they said. And yes, you're right. They can be joyful and depressing. But I think, you know, instead of allowing the depressing parts about it, like if you lost somebody that you love, things like that. You just got to lean joyful and then take those moments of like grief and longing and turn them into happy grief and longing in the sense where you try to recall. Happy if, grief and longing. Well, if you're if you're missing somebody, then, you know, think about the best times and focus on the experiences that you had instead of the fact that they're not there. And I know that is so difficult. Uh, but, you know, and then th- I was thinking when I saw this question, like every old person in my family that's ever been at Christmases, especially like my Russian and Polish family who came from the war, they all just get wasted during the holidays, right? Mm -hmm. And then just like sing old Russian and Polish folk songs. And they would just get so drunk. And especially my babcha, when she was getting up there in age, she'd just sit there with her, you know, water glass of vodka and just have a great time, not say much, but then maybe at the end of the night, she'd like sing us a song in Polish or something. And... I think that once you get to a certain point in your life, maybe a certain age or whatever, most people you know are dead. So I think it's like really hard for us when we first lose somebody, whether it's like somebody we're not seeing anymore, like in a relationship or whether somebody's died, a friend or a family member, it is so hard and it stays with us forever. Then you just get so old that everybody you know is dead and you're just the only person you know left other than you know maybe your family that's younger than you well if you're lucky if, you, uh, if you're maybe lucky. you're lucky if you're one of the dead ones i don't know how to look at it i don't it. know but i i think that this is at least in my family i think that's why everybody just hit the vodka so hard on christmas cuz they're like i'm the only one that's left so i'm just going to you know sing this beautiful Polish folk song that reminds me of everybody that's gone and then I'm going to celebrate it with these people that are new. And I, I think that's why they hit the sauce so hard. But alcohol can be a depressant, especially the next morning. So, ne- so you <laughs> might feel good morning, and joyful yeah. at the time, but those next mornings. No, I agree. Got to be careful there with the alcohol. So I agree. Also, I'm looking at our uh, brand new beautiful fireplace and realizing that Lucy uh, put stickers on it uh, that are really hard to get off. Well, somebody's grounded. Oh, brother. Well, that's it, babe. That's it. That's all. I'm saying what what Mike says on my other podcast, Mike, how much? Check it out. Subscribe to that one. Give it five stars or this one. It's your life. But thanks for listening to This This Family Family Tree Tree Podcast. Podcast. Episode 114.